Welcome to the Sydney Ideas podcast series. Sydney Ideas is the University of Sydney's public events program, providing you with the opportunity to hear leading thinkers from our university and around the world. Enjoy the podcast. Once again, I'm Tim Jones, the director of Made to Measure. Thank you very much again for coming to this, uh, to the show and to this uh, Sydney Ideas question and answer session led by, if I may introduce, uh, Professor Stephen, Stephen Simpson, the academic director of the Charles Perkins Centre. <coughs> Who I'm going to hand to in just one second. Uh, playwright, Alana Valentine. And uh, the wonderful Santina Popilia. Have I said that correctly? Perfect. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Santina is the creative director of her own uh, couturiers, uh, Colezione Santina. Uh, Santina Colezione. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was right? The first the one. The first one. <laughs> uh, most fantastic designer, but has also been an incredible uh, consultant to the production uh, as we have developed it. And it is Santina's creation that Megan wears at the end of the show. So we thank her. I thank her once again for her contribution to the play. So I'm now going to uh, pass the baton to Steve, who will, who will take, uh, take the conversation from now. Thanks. Well, thank you, Tim. Actually, I think I'm probably going to hand to Alana. Yeah. And firstly, before I do that, say congratulations to Alana for what was an extraordinary piece of work. And obviously in their absence, um, Megan, Tracy and Sam did an extraordinary job. Megan is remarkable, um, what a remarkable young actress and Tracy and Sam, beautiful as well. So I think they're not here, but we should applaud them nonetheless. <laughs> so Lana, this is your um, play, so I think you should kick off with, with the Q&A and the questions and off you go. Thank you, Steve. Um, I just wanted to tell you uh, that what we're going to do tonight, which is um, we're going to just talk a little bit about the, where the play's come from and how it's been developed, uh, and a little bit about the kinds of ideas that have informed it. I'd like to begin by acknowledging that we're on the land of the Gadigal people. We have a fantastic Gamilaroi woman in um, Megan performing tonight, so I want to um, pay my respects to any Aboriginal people who are here or um, others um, and their elders past and present. I'd like to thank them for their custodianship of our land, this land. Um, uh, what I wanted to do was just start by saying uh, that uh, I went into Santina's shop in Redfern because I am a Redfern local and uh, I wanted to have an ad address adjusted and uh, that's when I first met Santina and, and she's going to take the story from there. So what do you remember of that meeting, Santina? Oh. Gorgeous woman walks into a bridal shop. <laughs> um, Alana was uh, heading off to England to get a, a BBC award. A yeah, BBC for a award for another play that she'd done and needed a dress, a vintage gown altered. And it was quite a hectic getting back. Um, it was a hectic time for us. So it only just got him back into the industry after having a small break. Um, so it was all life-changing and uh, a whole generation had gone past from word of mouth to social media in getting business and 
a particular day Alana comes in and I said, oh, you should write a play about my life <laughs> uh, and the experiences uh, that we face every day with, um, with women um, in particular uh, that uh, are always uh, wanting to be better or to be something else. Um, and are never comfortable within their own skin. So um, it's quite an intimate and close relationship we have with our clients. And um, it's really important. Um, and what we do is make each woman, no matter how, how they appear or what cultural backgrounds that they have, that they feel great in what they're wearing. Um, and uh, even in a small alteration in making a garment, fit better and feel better for someone um, is is an experience for us. So, yeah, that was it. And then it was about two years before I came back and said, I've now got a commission from the Charles Perkins Centre. That's right. Um, so I'm going to turn to you, Steve, and talk mm -hmm. about what, uh, you know, the, tell us a little bit about the Charles Perkins Centre and, and the idea of having a, a writer-in-residence program there, and that, that's what I became a part of. So... The Charles Perkins Centre at the University of Sydney is an extraordinarily brave endeavour to bring the entirety of a big comprehensive university like the University of Sydney together across all of its different disciplines from the physical sciences through the arts and the humanities and everything in between and to bring it together around a complex societal issue. And what could be more complex or pressing in the modern world than the burden of chronic disease, obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease and their related conditions? And so it's kind of easy when you think about, well, we need, we need our medics and we need our economists and we need our even philosophers and historians to come together to help in that endeavour. But I always had a burning wish that we brought the creative arts in and particularly creative writing. And that was one of those desires that sat there, um, unable actually to be enacted because it's hard to commit a university to contribute um, a fellowship for a writer when there are so many other pressing things that need to be done in the building of a, an institute like the Charles Perkins Centre. And then I had the enormous good fortune to meet Judy Harris. Now, Judy's here. She's sitting in the third row. And Judy, um, we met, Judy and Phil, her husband, and uh, that was at, a, I think, initially a dinner at the Vice-Chancellor's house. And after that, Judy and I got talking. She wanted to contribute some way to philanthropy, and she loved the idea of the Charles Perkins Centre and what we were doing. And together we came to the conclusion that she could support this program, the Writer-in-Residence program. Now, it's kind of different to the traditional, you've already done a piece of work, like a novel or a play, and then there's a prize offered for um, the judgment of a group of, of judges who look at a, a, a series of, of novels or plays and they choose the one that they think is best. This is, this is kind of riskier. This is saying, please, would you come into the Charles Perkins Centre, do something special while you're here that takes advantage of the community of researchers, academics, students, patients, the general public, everybody who's engaged with us, and out of that create something special. 
And so we set up our first writer-in-residence um, program. We, we advertised it. We had a whole series, 50 or 60 people applied, among whom was Alana, and Alana was shortlisted, and there were a short list of half a dozen, I think, and Alana was the first into the room, and she, I was struck first by her extraordinarily beautiful dress. You were, you were, you were always extraordinarily well dressed. I actually make my own clothes. You do, I know that's right. And she, this is the very first interview, the very first time we've tried this. Judy was in the room on the board. We're kind of trepidatious, and Alana just said, "I want to write a play about a wedding dress maker because I interview these." Um, my my my, um, my wedding dressmakers, and it's emerging out of that that I can dramatise something special around this issue of weight, and we were blown away by that. But we gave the fellowship to Charlotte Wood. So uh, <laughs> and Charlotte's first novel appearing out of that is published later this year. So that was a good ending as well. But we were so um, blown away by Alana that I commissioned her to write this play. Um, and Judy very kindly um, supported that with, with her gift. Um, and Alana then went on um, to win the Writer-in-Residence Fellowship a couple of years later, uh, along with uh, Marae Dushaw, who's in the audience. I'm not sure if Marae's still here. She is, yeah. So um, Marae has, has, has been another of our stellar writers. Alana's the first playwright, and this is the first fruit of the Judy Harris Writer-in-Residence program at the Charles Perkins, um, and that's the story. And you've been a, just a remarkable member of our community ever since. Thank you. Um, so, <laughs> so I came back to Santina, Santina and said, so I'm going to write this play now. How do you, how do you think I went? <laughs> How close to a couturier, a, a couturier did I get? Did I, did I capture it? You did. It was, um, you did well. Great. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's quite overwhelming. It is, yeah, because you've talked to me about that you find it quite confronting as well as um, overwhelming. Well, I sit on both sides of the fence of the story in, in, in reality, which wasn't the initial yeah. um fruition of, of our initial conversations and and sitting on both sides of that fence you, you've got the couturier side and then you've got the plus size and yeah. it, it um it, it does it does bring in the truth and in this type of forum it really brings home um and it makes the penny drop mm. and uh, it's done so brutally but so well um and yeah couldn't be prouder of it and you've talked to me about some of the ways in which you, I mean, as you say, that, that you experience both sides. Can you talk to us a little about, like, some of the stories you've told me about how you're treated as a, a person living in a big, big body? From shopping in boutiques yeah. to going to bars and nightclubs and waiting to be served by the bartender and everyone alongside of you served um, before you. Um, to going to doctors yep. and having pneumonia mm. and they're not even, you know, ending up in hospital with pneumonia but all they wanted to do is discuss body body weight. Mm. Um, uh, and it does put you off getting healthy because mm. you don't want to go to doctors because it, 
and you don't want to hear the truth. Yeah. And, and, that, and that is a, a reality of it. Um, but, yeah, the, the social aspect of not being sociable and you can empathise. Um, I'm fortunate that culturally we're quite sociable people and I come from a strong line of amazing women <laughs> who are in this uh, uh, room tonight um, who... Uh, we're taught that it's okay you stand up and say what you have to say yeah. and be sociable because you do have something to say. But I do understand the discomfort that other big people will have and they do go home because they can't go out um, and the weight does pile on. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it is tough to, to watch. But I wouldn't be standing here if I didn't back you. <laughs> think it, think it was just a brilliant portrayal of both sides of the story. Yeah, one. I mean, one of the things you talked to me about too was the fact that couturiers, um, you know, they aren't seen as artists in the same way as like you know we had some great conversations about like the art form I work in, and that yours is really an art form. So you know, people come to you. They they will come. That that story, great story you told me about people coming with a uh, a picture or a like, and they're always the same dress, aren't they? Exactly. And what do you do when that happens? Well, usually I send them to the designer that they're showing me the picture <laughs> of um, because you'll never, you know, I've, I think I've used the analogy with you. It's like baking a cake. You might use the same recipe and use the same ingredients, but that cake will always taste different. So you'll never be able to replicate something that someone else has um, brought to life in, in their creation. Um, and you you steer people to a particular way that it's like it's their idea. So without, sometimes I'm brutally honest, like Monica. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but other other times you 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 create the garment. It's like that's great, but what about this? And you give them a better option. Um, if uh, yeah, it, bo- it does boil down to a relationship with the client. Mm. Um, and and brutal honesty because you you know you can't have you can't have certain people wearing certain things and you can but uh, we can always make things better and uh, we are aesthetic and that's just human nature. Yeah, it's a spe- it's a specialist art form. I mean, you you talked about it as a as a sort of a dying art form. I mean, this idea of people actually having clothes made specially for them. But you know, part of that speech in the play, which was about you do it for more than the Instagram likes, and I mean, some of that came from you, Santini. You you said to me, it's about creating an original statement about yourself. So is is that something that you think people understand now that couturiers can can give to them? I'm hoping that they will understand. Mm. Um, Perfect example, I've got a couple of clients actually in here this evening and one in particular (laughs) has her 15-year-old daughter having a couture gown made for um, a charity ball for next Friday night. And this rite of passage in this modern age that is something that was done back in the 80s and the 50s where you went to the dressmaker to have all your special gowns done for a period of time. Mm. It it's it just didn't happen. Um, the fast fashion has take, had taken over. And to see this modern mum bring in her 15-year-old daughter um, to have her first couture gown made for a function is 
as it just brings you to life and you think, oh, I've got another 10 years in me yet. (laughs) (laughs) And Steve, um, so, you know, it's it's a kind of unique, as you said, um, partnership between art and science. You talked a little um, when we met about some of the other writers feeling this burden of that there might have been an idea that they would prescribe what was to be written. Can you talk a bit about that? Well... There was always the the worry on the the part of um, the writers that somehow this was too good to be true. I was going to have to come into the Charles Perkins Centre and have a prescribed piece of work. It would have to be about, in this case, about obesity. But my goodness, you're you're the closest to the prescribed possible (laughs) outcome. Um, and, And somehow it would... It would constrain and confine the creative impulse and that would require in the extreme writing about the Charles Perkins Centre on every second page. And that wasn't the intention at all. It was come and do something that makes sense in relation to what we do, Mm. that takes advantage of the people Mm. and just immerse yourself into it, even though that may mean completely changing your your practice. So Alani used to sit, as did Charlotte actually, out in the main coffee area and that was less confronting, I think, for a playwright than it was for a novelist who's used to sitting in a garret. (laughs) Um, The idea that you come and sit in the open where people are walking past you um, was deeply uncomfortable. But actually, certainly Charlotte and you have, have really settled into that we've given you little garrets but you don't sit in them you go and sit in the middle of everybody else um and it's the other thing that 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 one of the writers i think it might have again been charlotte um said which struck me was that you don't like talking about an unfinished work to other people because somehow there's there's the fear that it might kill it if you talk to somebody else before it's alive it may be born dead and um it's really uncomfortable as a novelist to to write, to talk about what you're doing half finished. Whereas you said something quite different, Alani. You said, no, I need to tell everybody and I need to, to read it when it's half, and uh, read it in public when it's only half written because it's through the response from the audience that I know how to make it better. Mm. And that, that I found very interesting. Um, yeah. Then on the other extreme, there was our scientists who um, didn't quite know how to make use of the opportunity um, I remember one of them coming up to one of you and saying, um, are you going to help me write my grant applications better? <laughs> and, and we said, no, no, it's not quite the right idea. Um, and yesterday we had Emily Maguire, who's the current writer-in-residence, hold a creative writing workshop, which was packed with the people from the centre, um, and it was just... It was magical. It was remarkably lively and people loved it and it it was a a level of engagement that I didn't think, I didn't expect would happen. So in every way it's been uh, been miraculous, yeah. Um, One of the things I'm interested in, I mean, the play obviously talks about the idea that weight bias is is one of the greatest impediments to people Mm. understanding and and taking action in their lives. Mm. And that might be as confronting for scientists as it is for for the general public. I mean, do you think that's one of the things that scientists might find um, confronting about the way a creative artist comes at comes at what happens in real people? 
I, I think we all know it. Mm. Um, in fact, in our um, collective action at the moment, we've, we've led the development of a collective obesity um, action on obesity collective, which is a national body of people that's spread across sectors, not just academia. And Tim Gartrell, who is a famous Australian political campaigner, um, he works with us and he nailed it very quickly and said, nothing will change until you smash the frame of stigma and blame. Everything comes back to that and that stops everything at the personal level and at the societal level. And unless we start rising above that and appreciating that individuals have a role to play, um, biology has a profound role to play and society does too, then we're never going to share the burden and it ultimately goes back to the individual and, and the individual ends, as Santina said, sitting frightened to go out into society and the net result is catastrophe health-wise for the individual. So it, it, we've got to smash that frame and I think we as scientists know that um, as well as everybody I think instinctively understands that. Mm. And that's why a play like this is so critical because it it confronts us with our deepest um, biases and our deepest worries about these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Santina, you know, like you gave an example to me about people coming up and assuming that you're not healthy and that you're not happy. I mean, how does that how does that feel to sort of have to you know, broach that with people that you are, that you eat very well. And you said to me, you know, the other side of your family, your your father's side are, are, are the size you, you are. I mean, that it's a genetic thing. I mean, does that, does that sort of like, do you, have you talked about that with people or do you think a play like this could kind of provoke a discussion with someone who might not even want to raise that with you? How do you think you negotiate that? Um, well, that com those comments were done in an environment where um, it was uh, so. How do we make Santina um, be be fit, be healthy, be happy? And I, I'm not short of a of a quick response. And it was, <laughs> what makes you think I'm not? Because I perfectly perfectly am, um, and we can always be fitter, um, but relatively healthy and completely happy um, and it uh, I'm fortunate that I don't allow that to overtake me because I could be probably twice or three times my size mm. um, and I get out there and I'm obviously very sociable and and I'm work yeah you're working <laughs> work in your... 13 14 hour <laughs> days um, and uh, it doesn't bother me, but I can see how it would bother other people who aren't as confident mm -hmm. and haven't got that inner strength um, to be able to deal with it and move forward or do something about it. Um, it it's you respond at that time and I'm fortunate that I've got the confidence to be able to respond, but there's a lot of people out there that that absolutely don't, and that's why they close themselves in, indoors. 
Tell us a little bit about making the dress for the for the stage. I mean, the one we see in the beginning is is also yours. Yeah. And you've described yourself as an architect of fabric, which I really I really love that because it's kind of deceptive. People think that a simple kind of gown is simple to make, but it's a little bit the opposite, isn't it? Well, you're making something that is of minimal weight stay into a structure and that is literally like building foundations and, and and building a building. So I think ours is a little bit harder, but we won't tell the architects that. <laughs> um, but there, there's hours and hours of work and, and construction and especially the dress on the mannequin, it's uh, it's it's quite an intimate um, gown with, with clients and there are no in, inhibitions and... Um, <laughs> Tell me about that, like de- dealing with people so quickly, their neuroses and their their insecurities. I mean, it's almost as soon as you meet them, they're sort of confessing that to you, they? Aren't have they? to fall in love with me and yeah. I have to fall in love with them right. um, immediately because we spend a lot of time together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's... <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I'm going to close say one thing. Yeah. Bye. Have this now? Yes, I do. I just wanted to pick up. I'm going to be a bit of the salesman because Alana <laughs> won't do this. Uh, it's really fantastic to hear, particularly what you said about the conjunction between arts and science in this sort of work. Um, so I just encourage you. You know, we're here till Saturday week, and I encourage you that if there are people that you know you think this work would particularly resonate with, to to come along because um, the the theatre doesn't necessarily always wrestle happily with ideas. And it's a, as the university's art centre, it's something that we're trying to do more and more of. So uh, we'll take any opportunity to ask people to spread the word. Um, so please do that. <laughs> thank you. And, and please thank and to see uh, this great work, uh, Steve Simpson and Santina Popilia. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sydney Ideas podcast series. For more information about our upcoming events or to listen to more podcasts, head to sydney.edu.au forward slash sydney underscore ideas.